in this match. If it's a war, you can say whatever you want. I thought I was a cult. I didn't know what was going on. The Fed did. I think New York did. One of your executive vice presidents loves that company. It's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion. What's going on, guys? It's Tony. I just kind of want to talk to you guys about why you're getting a best of episode this week and not new original content. So unfortunately, um, Mike and I are still very far away from having this podcast and content creating in general being our full-time job. And my real full-time job is super short-staffed at work this week, so I literally could not find a time where I get together with Mike even for like three hours and get you guys a new episode we tried pushing the episode back to later in the week but we just could not find a time that would work for us which is super disappointing because i was actually excited about the show we were going to have we were going to talk about our favorite tlc matches ever and i haven't seen mike's list because we like to surprise each other so we don't really talk about each other's lists until we reveal them on air but just speaking personally for my list, there were some sleepers on there and some matches you guys may not have expected. Um, so I was really looking forward to sharing that with you guys. And we still will. Uh, we're just going to do that next week, along with a TLC preview, if they even announce any matches, because we're less than two weeks away from this pay-per-view, and I don't think a single thing has officially been announced. So maybe pushing back that list a week was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. But we'll have that cooking for you next week. Um, but we have never just skipped a week and not put out anything. And that's something that at least personally, I could say I pride myself on. We always put something out for you guys, no matter the circumstances. So what we have for you today is we have, um, basically our last two AEW pay-per-views. Maybe if you're a newer listener and you haven't gotten a chance to go back and listen to our reviews in those two pay-per-views, you could listen to them here in the same episode and Hey, Maybe you just like to listen to Mike rants about AEW. I know I do. So even if you've heard it before and you feel so inclined, feel free to listen again. So the first pay-per-view that you're going to listen to us review again was AEW's All Out. Um, hear what we thought of the Sean Spears-Cody feud and the match in general. It was like AEW's highest profile feud of the summer and... If you know us, especially Mike, neither of us are the biggest on Sean Spears. So listening to us just review that match and feud in general is quite entertaining. Um, also on All Out was the crazy ladder match with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers for the AAA tag titles. Um, the first AEW World Champion was crowned. Uh, listen to what we thought of Chris Jericho being the guy and why we both thought it was the right choice. And just... It's curious to listen back and think about what our outlook was on AEW then, even though it was only August, but they hadn't started TV yet. And we still didn't know what the direction of the company was going to be, so All Out was really the setup for that. So without further ado, here is what we thought of All Out. This is from the September 3rd edition of Champions Advantage. So without further ado, 
And by the way, I am recording this intro literally in a hallway at work because I just needed to go somewhere quiet where there wasn't a shit ton of noise so I could actually record this. So I don't know how it sounds. I'm recording this on my iPhone. We've done whole shows on my iPhone before in, in a pinch and they haven't sounded too bad. But there also wasn't background noises of air conditioners and shit tons of TV equipment. So hopefully I found a place quiet enough to where that doesn't sound awful. So now, without further ado, our review of AEW's all-out pay-per-view event. So the last of the three major shows to take place on August 31st was All Out. took place at the Sears Center Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Um, so let's start with the pre-show, which I know you didn't watch. The 21-woman Casino Battle Royal, with the winner getting a shot at the AEW women's title match, women's title, on the first episode of AEW on TNT, which takes place on October 2nd, not in three weeks. You're right. So the competitors in the Casino Battle Royal. The club started the match, and they consist of Shalonda Royal, Leva Bates, Fabi Apache, Priscilla Kelly, and Nyla Rose. Then the Diamonds came in, which consisted of Penelope Ford, Shaza McKenzie, Sadie Gibbs, Big Swole, and Britt Baker. The Spades consisted of Tennille Dashwood, Eva Lise, Bea Priestley, Brandy Rhodes, and Awesome Kong. The Hearts were Allie, Nicole Savoy, Teal Piper, ODB, and Jazz. And then, of course, the Joker was Mercedes Martinez. So this match had a lot of action. Um, uh, Britt Baker was in the ring, and then when the Spades came out and Bea Priestley was one, she immediately left the ring and attacked her for uh, the concussion issue at Fight for the Fallen. Uh, so they went at it for a while. Um, it came down to Mercedes Martinez, Nyla Rose, and uh, Britt Baker. Britt Baker eliminated uh, Mercedes Martinez, and she was about to eliminate Nyla Rose when they did the Royal Rumble 1992 spot, and Bea Priestley pulled uh, Britt Baker over the top rope, just like Sid did to Hulk Hogan in 1992. And so Nyla Rose is the winner and the first half of the AEW Women's World Championship match at the first TNT show on October 2nd. Um, it was the typical Casino Battle Royal. Kind of sloppy. Production could have been better. Missed some stuff. But all in all, I wouldn't consider it a disaster. It was fine. Um, Nala Rose looked strong. Let's see how many eliminations she had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine eliminations. So of the 20 other women besides herself, she almost eliminated half of them. So I know... Oh, she has 10 eliminations. Excuse me, I miscounted one. Uh, oh, she was part of a group eliminations. They gave her credit for eliminating Britt Baker, which is weird when it was totally Bea Priestley. But they gave, I guess... Yeah. So she had 10 eliminations according to the stats. Because AEW is all about their stats. Yep. They got records they on the screen. Um, so yeah, she had 10 eliminations. So she eliminated half the field. And she will face the winner of the Riho-Hirokushita uh, match, which we'll get into when we get to it. So yeah, it was what it was. It was it was a casino battle royal. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I don't like them. So, so up, I'll say nothing. So up next, well, you also don't watch it. Yeah, I also didn't watch it because I hate them. Private Party, Isaiah Casting, Mark Queen, taking on Angelico and Jack Evans. Fun match, a lot of high spots, went 11 minutes and 35 seconds. 
And the finish came when Private Party hit the gin and juice on Angelico, and they got the win. And after the match, Angelico and Jack Evans beat the shit out of Private Party and said, no more Mr. Nice Guys. So uh, AEW says there's no faces and heels, but that kind of looked like a heel turn to me. So the opener to the pay-per-view proper. The Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, taking on SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. This went 11 minutes and 45 seconds, and since this is the first match that you watched, I will let you take the floor. Fuck Marco Stunt. That's strong. I don't like him. You like him? I mean, he's not my... No. He's he's all right. I wouldn't say fuck him. He shouldn't be out there. I'm not going to tell anybody they can't live their no. dream. You know? neither, neither am I. I understand that. I'm not a giant fan of I, him. I like Jungle Express, or Jurassic Express was the name of their tag yeah, team. Yeah, Jurassic Express. And I think he's out there, so when Luchasaurus turns heel, and if he turns heel, he will just beat the living fuck out of Marco Stunt. Because Luchasaurus is a goddamn super. He's a rock star. He's a superstar. Yeah, he was, he, was hitting, he was hitting crazy kicks all over the place. He had a, he had a tope. Um, Luchasaurus was going crazy. The finish of the match came when SCU hit the best Meltzer ever on uh, Marco Stunt. And Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy, yeah. There were, it was a sandwich deal. Yeah. But I believe Marco Stunt was the one who got pinned. Yes, Marco Stunt, Marco Stunt was legal. Because um, they picked up Jungle Boy to do it. And then uh, Kazarian picked up uh, Marco Stunt and put him on top of Jungle Boy. And well, then they hit the BME. Well, they had the official weigh-in, and Marco Stunt weighed in at 102 pounds. So when you wait, how old is he? Twenty three. Oh God, he's creepy. <laughs> what? I can I can't remember the. I can't remember when I was one hundred and two pounds, Tony. I bet you can't. I really can't. <laughs> I mean, I I get why. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of the guy either, but I'm I don't know. As long as he's not doing any serious shit, I'm okay with him. I mean, I don't like that goofy shit anyway. Like when when we get to the Cracker Barrel clash, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have some it's thoughts. It's over. Yeah, it's over for it. I'm gonna have some thoughts. There's one person that's extremely too good for that in there. All right, go ahead. So up next, the second match in the card, which was kind of a shocker. I didn't think this would go on so early. Kenny Omega took on Pac or Pac, depending on who you ask. Um, real fun match. Um, I love the counter to the Kataro Crusher, where like Pac did like a like handspring front salt and like didn't bump onto his head that was really fucking cool um i will say AEW has to push the barricades back a couple more feet or somebody's gonna die there were multiple times in this match where guys did top rope dives and their legs landed on the barricade like that could end poorly very poorly so they need to push those barricades back another couple feet. it was close it was so close you're yeah. off you're not the Indies anymore, guys. Let's fucking move, slide it on back. Yeah, they, they got to slide them back. I get you want to have fans close, but, you know, they can afford to be a couple feet further back. Um, the finish came when uh, Pat got, got Omega. Uh, Omega was going for the one-winged angel. And then Pat got him in his, like, I don't know how to describe the submission, really. It's kind of like a, it's like a, Squeeze you till you yeah, pass it's like out. Yeah, it's a choke, but it's yeah. like a, a legs. He scissors the legs around one arm and then, like, reaches around with the other arm and chokes. And then Kenny never tapped out as a referee stoppage. Uh, match went 23 minutes and 20 seconds. And then after the show, Pack confronted uh, Hangman Page. So it seems like he's back now. And this isn't just. I know people were speculating this might be a one time deal because he's going back on tour at Dragon Gate. Um, but it appears he is at least here for the time being. 
So that'll be interesting. Always good to see Pack around. I, I really like this match, actually. It's a good match. Very, very great. I like that it was on second, too. Yeah. It was a little was... refreshing for Omega, not to, for me not to be tired of the show when I'm watching Omega. Um, what do you make of Omega now losing another big match? They matter, pal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they matter. They matter so fucking much. I saw. Some... I don't care. I mean, I... he was losing to Moxley. He was. There's no way he could. I, I'm surprised he lost to Pac, but he was definitely losing to Moxley. But someone had a tweet that said if uh, if this if Kenny Omega had signed with WWE and he lost his two his first two pay per view matches, everyone would have gone ape shit. That's true. But the counterpoint was that since Kenny's a vice president, he obviously has some say in it, so it's different here. That's not true. I mean, that's I, not true at all. I see. I, I, I see their I, point. There's, there's more. I don't feel like it's relevant to the situation. There's more nobility in having. Wait, so fans are going to get mad at. Well, it's like if it's WWE, fans are going to get mad at Vince McMahon for booking him to lose. In here, you can't get mad at Kenny Omega for booking himself to lose. You know what I mean? He's the booker. So why why are you booking your top star to lose twice? But like he doesn't, doesn't him, matter that the same person. It does. It does not. There's more nobility if you book yourself to lose. It, Nobility, schmobility, it doesn't fucking matter. So, so you're saying, I'll break this down for you. You're saying there's a difference between a promoter booking someone to lose and a promoter booking someone to lose. If that promoter and the wrestler is the same person, yeah, because if he books himself to win the whole time, it's like, oh, he's just burying everybody. But wins there's and losses no, matter. This is why they can't be fucking presidents. This, there's no win. That's wins a, and losses that's a matter. Lose, the lose second situation. best wrestler in the world is one and two in the new company where he's going to be the top fucking star. Well, one and two in singles. He has, he has a, a six-man tag win, too. Yeah, at the worst pay-per-view of the year. I didn't, I didn't mind Fighter Fest. Wrong pay-per-view. Yeah. Sorry. The worst pay-per-view of the year, that you, well, at least in your opinion, is where you had that awesome match with Shima. The only good match on that show. You fucking idiot. The only good match on that show. I like the the Bucks and Gold Bucks versus Goldust and Cody was long, but I didn't think it was bad. Hmm. Continue on. All right. Well, I feel like we'll never agree, so let's just move on. No, we won't. The Cracker Barrel Clash: Joey Janela versus Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc. I'm so glad you're burying this because I thought you were going to defend it, and then I was literally going to explode on you. That pause. That sounded awful. Um, I was literally going to rage because you fucking... I'm still mad about the fire extinguisher shit that you still haven't explained to me. So if you defended this, I was going to lose my mind, so... It's, this is dog shit. Darby Allen's way too good for this. You, you know... I mean, this is what Havoc and Janela do, so that's different. But I mean, Dar- it's kind of what Darby Allen does, too, if we're being honest. But Darby Allen had a phenomenal one-on-one match already in this, he with did, Cody. But he still found ways to kill himself in that match. Yeah. That's true, but, like, that's the stupidest shit. I... Listen, this kind of match isn't my cup of tea, but I will say they did some very creative spots. The skateboard with the tacks was funny. I popped. Ooh, I liked it. Um, Janela pulling out her tennis racket. Yeah, and then not using it, and then the commentators burying about burying the weapon, being like, "Who would use a tennis I, racket?" If you told me one year ago, I would hear an esports commentator bury Jim Cornette. <laughs> well, actually, that sounds like something that would happen quite often. <laughs> um, fucking golden boy. I thought he. I thought he did he well. Did, he did all right. Yeah, he did He's, all right. He's better than Marvez. That's well, all. Well, come on now. Once again, Helen Keller was better than Marvez. Yeah. So, poor Marvez. I, I like Marvez, but he, he did. I like he, him as a person. He just yeah. wasn't a good. Oh no, he's a weird looking dude. He, <laughs> he really is. He looks like he looks like Miami Ellsworth. Oh my god! <laughs> and that, that's coming. That's coming from uh, Mister America over here, twenty nineteen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
I'm getting a picture up, and you tell me. He doesn't look like Miami Cuban Ellsworth. <laughs> I'm just saying, who the fuck are we to judge people's looks? Uh, I'm not. I'm just saying that's what he looks like. <laughs> Better looking than me. I, I, I look like a fucking troll. You are a troll. Uh, that's, that's fitting. Tell me that that is not Cubano fucking Ellsworth. <laughs> I mean, he's got a little more of it. Is he even Cuban? He's just very Miami. He's from, I don't, he lives in Miami. He lived in Miami. He covered the Dolphins for like the Miami Herald. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, but I don't know if he was born in Miami. Is Marvez like a a fucking Hispanic name? I don't think so. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, where is he from? In Miami. He was born there, so it has an American. But it's got, he's, that is, that is a, a Cubanish name. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, uh, it is. But he does. He looks like the Miami version. He looks like if Dan Levitard. He does kind of look like. <laughs> he looks like if Dan Levitard were to describe what James Ellsworth would look like. That's what it'd be. Because <laughs> all Dan Levitard sees Miami people. Uh, but uh, where? What match are we on? The fucking Cracker Barrel. Yeah, this clash. match was terrible. <laughs> we then had the bump of the match. Oh, we should also mention at the beginning of the match they put thumbtacks in Jimmy Havoc's mouth and duct tape. Oh his yeah, mouth and shut. then and then Darby Allen somehow sunset flipped the chair. That was Janela. That was Janela. That was Janela, you fucking idiot. No, I know. I mean, he, he's uh, somersault fucking planchet onto Jimmy Havoc, who was sitting in the chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the monkey flip. Yeah, no, I fucked that up. I know you did. But no, they, they uh, Janela, Janela. The monkey flip was an awesome spot. It was. That I was liked great. It. I don't know how they pulled it yeah, off. Yeah, I don't was, know how the physics of that works. It was very interesting. I know he, like, hung on to the chair. I, that was impressive. Um, speaking of, I don't know if impressive is the right word. but Dumb. Um, Darby Allen got a cracker barrel. While I believe was it Janelle or Havoc who's laying on the steps? I think it was Havoc. Havoc. And then he did the coffin drop while holding the barrel. And spoiler alert, Havoc moved and the barrel exploded. And I don't he know how dark steps. He landed on the steps, yeah. So that wasn't a fun way to spend a Saturday evening for Darby Allen. This 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 match did a great name of Cracker Barrel does this just justice. I'm not going to lie. When they got the tray of biscuits and started throwing them at each other, I got pissed because they were wasting some biscuits. Cracker Barrel is the greatest place. Like since... You don't waste biscuits. No. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure my heaven's a Cracker Barrel. Why? You like shopping in the store? No. Their food's outstanding. It's cheap. It's out in five minutes. Their new, their new home-style fried chicken is outstanding. Which was plugged during the night. They showed a picture of it. During... <laughs> <laughs> they showed a picture of it after the match. Fair, I was like, I need some barbecue sauce. <laughs> Yeah, so the Cracker Barrel Clash. No, you know what's so hilarious? I forget which match it was during. It might have been the main event where JR just started. JR just started going off about the different barbecue sauces from different regions of the country. I don't remember that because uh, uh, Golden Boy goes and here's the mustard for the barbecue sauce. He goes, JR's like, oh, we gotta go to South Carolina for that. It was just <laughs> my favorite part is when JR got pissed about the amount of topes on the show. <laughs> He's like, there were like six goddamn topes. <laughs> JR was not happy with that. He wasn't. Um. But yeah, Jimmy Havoc won. Oh, man. Which I picked. You did. Fi- I'll give you credit. You did pick it. I think I picked Janela. You did. Um, you picked Jelly. I did pick, I did pick Joey Janela. So yeah, that was that. Um, hit him with your line you love to say. Outlaw, mud show, bullshit. There you have it. Um, so up next, a tag team match where the winners receive a first round bye in the AEW World Tag Team no, no, Championship No, 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 the winners tournament. get to decide if they won the first round bye or not in the AEW title tournament. Um, I forget who it was. Oh, it was Alvarez. Alvarez had a great fucking point. He That's said, rare. I know. But he said, isn't a, f- isn't a match 
for the chance to get a first round bye, just the first round match. <laughs> and I thought about it. I'm like, hey, he's kind of right. Yeah, he is. I mean, it's kind of like a play-in match. Like someone's gonna wrestle an extra match, but it's not like this it, is like it's a, not like best friends are out of the tournament because they lost. Like they the, just have to wrestle. This an is extra like the match. first like three blue ball teases of of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the first four. It's, it's like, like first, Southern Alabama State versus Oklahoma State. Except it would be like if it was the first four, but the losers of the first four still got in the tournament. Because <laughs> it's not like best friends are out. They just have to wrestle a first-round match now. Oh, God. So it was the best friends taking on the Dark Order. Uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. <laughs> Stu. <laughs> Why couldn't it be Stu Bennett? Because <laughs> I... <laughs> God damn it. Um... The crowd does not give a shit about the Dark Order. It's no, they're the guy's fat. <laughs> Even when I was good, I like you. Like, yeah, he's fantastic, but he's just fat. So, you're fat, and I still do a podcast with you every week. Nobody likes me though, as opposed to our fucking uh, you. I, I too, you know what? Nobody likes me. That's that's a great point, actually. So fuck evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I am a fan of him though, but they don't give a shit. Stu fuck, fuck Doctor Death. Stu Grayson is. The most boring motherfucker of all. He's, he's good too. He's he, good in the ring. He reminds me of like a wannabe Highlander. I just like, love. <laughs> was he Rory or Robbie? He's which was the Robbie was the bald one, I think, right? <laughs> I don't. I think so. Yeah, I, I think Robbie was the bald one. I don't remember which one was but the bald one. He looks like. Oh, never mind. He just he's just not interested. In me. Evil Uno's great though. I just love how it's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. <laughs> now, like, where did these two people meet? <laughs> Hello, Evil One. I'm Stuart. <laughs> like Evil Uno comes out with a bunch of cre- <laughs> Evil Uno comes out with a bunch of creepers, and like Stu just stands there. Like I don't. It's a weird dynamic. And occasionally Jericho. <laughs> but they they are a great little tag team. I love their like gory bomb like blockbuster finish. It's a great it's a great finish. So, goddamn, I lost my complete train of thought. Just we got into a dark order tangent somehow. The crowd in Chicago did not care about them. Yeah, that's was, the last one this crowd was. It was all right. It was, it was a good match. Kind of a death spot match, though. Yeah, well, they just followed they just Kenny followed Omega them. and the Cracker Barrel Clash. <laughs> they were in a bad spot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the Dark Order won. I think what everyone's talking about in this match is the post-match. Because after the Dark Order won with their uh, gory bomb cutter finish, the lights went out. Well, first, the Creepers tried carrying Beretta away. <laughs> the Creepers? Or... Oh, JR creatively said Jeepers when the Creepers were thinking. <laughs> I lost my mind. I go, what the fuck, Jim? Hitting the mules before the show. Oh, my God. He was wasted. He was just... I love I love how JR gets the Goldberg entrance at the end of every pre show. He was he was better at this show. I do gotta say he was better at this well, show. Well, because he took a back seat to he did color while Excalibur did play by play, and that's the role they should be in because JR could add stuff to the big moments, but JR doesn't know that Shrimp Red is gonna hit a move called the sexy Chucky Knee. So he's best off letting Excalibur call that part. Um, or like Chuck Chuck Taylor has moves called Soul Food and Awful Waffle. You expect Jim Ross to know those names? I Pretty sure Jim Ross has some awful waffles in his way. <laughs> oh. I don't, I'm not even going to ask if you're implying what yes, you I could am. be implying. Yes, I am. Oh, goddamn. But anyway, after they try carrying Beretta away, we are spending way too much time on this match. The lights go out, and Orange Cassidy is in the ring. 
I shouldn't like him, but I do. He hits a tope with his hand still in his pocket and the sunglasses still on his face. Then he rolls in the ring, sunglasses still on his face, hands in his pockets. He kips up. And then the best friends do the best friend hug while uh, Orange Cassidy is the meat in the sandwich. Yeah, he's solemnly just stood in the middle. Yeah. Um, are they going to have a fucking, like, trios title? Because there are a lot of fucking trios on this roster. Like, yeah. Orange Cassidy and best friends. Um, I don't know. The Jungle Express, the SCU. It's either that or there's a whole ton of freebirds. Well, SCU during Starcast said they want to win the AW World Tag Team titles and use the Freebird rule, but they're going to call it the SCU rule. Yeah. Fucking creative, Kaz. Let's move on. So up next, a singles match with you the winner. fuck. Stop <laughs> it. Here's the AW and the anti-AW propaganda spewing out of your mouth today. It's not. Is Kaz not old? Well, so is Christopher Daniels. I like a- Christopher Daniels. <laughs> you don't like Kaz. I love Kaz. <laughs> I really do love. I love them. I can't. You, you, you prefer Kaz XL. I I do prefer. <laughs> I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I don't have a I don't have a single word bad word to say about them. I really don't. Do you? <laughs> well, you just said a bunch of bad words about them. I didn't say a bad word about them. I was just being <laughs> being kind of a cunt. Goddamn. Up next, a singles match with the winner facing Nyla Rose for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship on the AEW on TNT premiere on October 2nd. Rio taking a Hiroko Shida. Um, Riho won. Fun little match. 13 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, the Joshis in AEW always know how to put on a good match. Um, so now we have Rio Rio versus Nyla Rose. And if you remember, at Fighter Fest, they had that triple threat match. And uh, Riho pinned Nyla Rose, so... Nella Rose is looking for revenge. There's no way that's real. <laughs> no, it's not. I know. Mike just pulled up a post that said, Superhuman is all elite. And I guess there are crazier things that have happened, but in fact, that is not true yet. Unfortunately, it's a big yet. So a singles match. Each man gets somebody in their corner. Sean Spears taking on Cody Don't Call Me Rhodes. Um, Sean Spears obviously chose to have Tully Blanchard in his corner. And he, I don't know, I know you'll, you will not get this reference, but he also looked like John Aaron's corpse in the first episode of Game of Thrones. Do not get that reference. Uh, and I'll pull up a I picture and I'll show you. I don't need a visual. Uh, but what the fuck were the contacts? He's supposed to look like Pharaoh. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, look at Pharaoh's eyes and look at his eyes. I guess so. I'm numb. I'm, I'm 100% dead serious. Probably. I'm not, I'm not questioning you. Um, I saw some one of the funny tweets, like, I can't take a heel seriously if he was wearing blue tights. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. Um, so Sean Spears came out with Tully. Then they cut to the back, where Brandy is walking with Pharaoh. Then to Brandy's left, or I guess our left, so it'd be Brandy's right. DDP emerges, and then to Brandy's left, MJF emerges. <laughs> and then Cody, like, rises from the ground. Um, weird Star Trek costumes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't watch Star Trek. I don't Trek, understand. So. The, I don't understand the costumes. I don't understand what they have to do with Star Trek. It makes sense because it's the second best Star Star series, and they'll always be the second best wrestling series. <laughs> that was anti-W propaganda. Um, and then mortars went firing off, and Pharaoh shit himself. Yeah, Pharaoh had a heart attack. It was not good. It was not. It was not well thought out. No, like if if you're gonna have pyro, keep the fucking dog away. Um, the dog was like it, it was dog, on camera, was just having a panic attack. Yeah, the dog did not want to come out, but then Brandy proceeded to drag it out. Um, 
in Cody's defense, when Pharaoh came out and was scared shitless, Cody did try to calm him down. Did not work, but he tried. <laughs> um, so then they're all walking to the ring. Hey, numb nuts. Newsflash. Dogs don't usually like fireworks. They, they don't. They don't like loud noises like that. Um, so they're all walking to the ring. Eventually, DDP, Brandy, and Pharaoh stop, turn around, and it becomes evident that Cody has chosen MJF to be in his corner. And at that point forward, everyone thought MJF was turning on him. Um, they didn't. They had, a, they had a match 16 minutes and 20 seconds. It was fine. I know you liked it a lot more than I did. I, I very much enjoyed it. I was fried I liked, by this point. I they, they started off real hot. There's the... No one count spot. Uh, they started off real hot. Did a little crowd balling. That w- that was a little, that w- was good. And uh, I'm not a fan. You know, I'm not a fan of either of these guys as, as wrestlers. I think Cody Cody Cody's a very old school wrestler. Right? Yeah, and he can put on a great show. He put on with his brother. I think I don't hate Cody, but like, I'm not, not. Sean Spears never has done anything for me. Ever. Every match Cody's had in AEW has told a great story. Yeah. Everyone, and that's the kind of wrestler he is. Yeah, it, yeah he's not a he spot. Does. He's not a spot monkey. He's not. He he'll, he'll beat you with cutters and and kicks, but I I it was I liked it a lot. I mean Tully was good. Tully still looks pretty goddamn good. Um, they they set up the belt spot where uh, uh Sean Spears took off Cody's weight belt. Then Earl distracted. Earl, Earl took, was awful. This Earl match. took the belt and then Tully. Earl should fucking know better after a hundred and twenty years and of then refereeing. Tully took off his own belt and gave it to Sean. Like the the. The spot took like forever, but the crowd still got behind it. But so it shouldn't have because Earl no, it, it, Earl saw uh, Spears hit Cody with the belt. Yeah. Uh, so why did they have to sneak it in if it was legal? Well, that's like when when they got the chair at the end, and like the commentators are like, "No, no, you can't hit him with a chair. It'll be a DQ. It'll be a DQ." And then Cody kicks the chair in his face, and for some reason, it's not a DQ. So like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Hebner was bad in this match. That's my one complaint. I, I like this a lot. It didn't go too long. Well, I don't know if it was more so Earl or like. Them like telling or like them saying, "Hey, it's not gonna be a DQ." Like maybe they told him. Like I don't know. Like obviously it wasn't the finish, so he couldn't call for a DQ. Yeah, I don't know. But um, as he said, Sean Spears got a chair, threatened to hit Cody with it. Cody fights off. He takes the chair, throws it at Spears. Spears catches it, hits the disaster kick. Uh, once. It was all well done. I, I really liked this match. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't better than fucking Walter and no. a- by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't even the best match in the show. No, it wasn't. And uh, uh, the Arn and Tully spot was good. Yeah, we should mention that Arn Anderson came out, hit a spine Still buster. Still the best goddamn spine buster in the game. Biggest pop of the night. Um, but uh, I know we both picked Arn to actually be in Cody's corner. Turns out we were wrong, but I guess we were still kind of right. Yeah, we were half right. But uh, we one thing I didn't like is they really got to get their shit together backstage with these camera cuts. Yeah, they missed Because they, they, missed were showing, they were showing like someone on the ground. They were showing MJF on the ground, and the crowd's going fucking bananas, and they're not showing either Arn or Tully, but you knew it was happening coming to come when he was coming down the ramp, and it took him forever to cut to Tully's face. You know, one of the two of the four horsemen in the ring, and they didn't cut to either of them. Not not to jump ahead, but uh, at the end of the Jericho match, did you hear them counting down? Yes, the it annoyed the fuck out of me. So I mean, I yeah. So they got some production things they got to work on, but you know, but, it's, uh, it'll it's growing pains. They're, yeah, it's growing, growing pains. pains. I, yeah. I, I'm giving them that. It, yeah, it happens. For sure. You know, it happens. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fine match. I didn't. It was pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't expect them to come out and do like destroyers and like os cutters and yeah, shooting yeah. star presses. Um, you picked um, you picked uh, Sean Spears. I told you there was zero chance in hell he was winning. So apologize, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. Okay. 
So these seven. I'm sorry about that. The semi-main event was an Escalera de la Muerte match for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. The Lucha Brothers defending against the Young Bucks. First question I have for you is, what did you think of the Young Bucks masks? They were terrifying. <laughs> they were fucking terrifying. <laughs> I like how the, the... Once again, another Game of Thrones reference. They look like the Baratheon helmets. I like how the... Uh, the antlers had the, the tassels, tassels on them. Yeah, yeah. like unnecessary but kind of cool. No, was, I enjoyed it. The one thing I like, the one thing I'll give the Young Bucks is neither of us are the biggest fan of them. We both, we both, we both agree they're a top five tag team in the world, but like they're not our favorite. I don't think either one of us. But their entrance, kind of their entrance gear is always on point. Oh, it's I'll, I'll, always give, I'll give them that. It's always good. Um, they know how to make an entrance. They know how to make money. That's proof. Yeah, they, 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 they got a multi billionaire to fund them so they can put themselves over. Guess if you want to think about it that way. Um, so this match was just a spot fest, and I mean that in a very good way. I'm not detracting from it. That's what it needed it. to be. Yeah. It's, it's, there needed to be zero psychology in this match. Um, some highlights include a destroyer from the top of a ladder, which had me scared shitless. Um, Nick the, Jackson, Nick Jackson almost, dying. almost dying. He got tipped off a ladder, and there were two tables set up that he's supposed to go through. But he undershot it and only went through one and barely got through that he one. He didn't undershot his, 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 his feet. Well, he undershot it and his, his feet, feet got, got wrapped tangled, up in the yeah. rope. But, like, thank God he hit that table. Yeah. Like, he, he's dead if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, a spot I liked was when, um, I guess it was Matt. Matt Jackson's on the ladder. And um, Phoenix springboarded and Matt super kicked him while he was on the ladder. That spot was awesome. Uh what else? What other crazy spots happened in this match? Pentagon's max. Pentagon's mask, mask got ripped off. Yeah. Um, he rolled around on the outside. I love how like, I love how when someone's mask gets ripped off, like the referees going to like protection mode. They're like, ah, oh, we can't let anyone see his face. I mean, especially like, luchadors like that. Oh like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. I'm no, saying no. I, I legitimately do like it. Yeah. Um. Eventually, the Lucha Brothers won, and as they are celebrating, some dead. Well, I guess Clinton's alive, but. Just for the sake of it sounding cool. Some dead presidents hit the ring. Um, they beat up both teams. And then they unmasked to reveal that LAX has signed with all the wrestling. Something else I was right about and you were wrong about. Apologize, you son of a bitch. I'm sorry. Um, and then apparently they are now called Proud and Powerful. Well, yeah, they're, they're Las Bariquas, right? I think they're Proud and Powerful. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, yeah. Well, I think, well, they had the Puerto Rican flag, didn't they not? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, as they're called them Los Bariquas. They didn't, call them, they didn't call them Los Periquas. They called them Periquas because WWE would have sued their ass if they said Los Periquas. Um, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, they never mentioned them as LAX. They called them Periquas. They called him like, uh, they called him Proud and Powerful. And then Ortiz and Santana's Twitter handles are now like Proud, P&P. So I'm guessing they're going with uh, Proud and Powerful for their name, which uh, Ryan Satin tweeted that he wishes they would have went with Dead Presidents, which would have been a great name. Yeah, man, you might run into a... A uh, little bit of a lawsuit with the Sean Corey Carter, so. But I mean, for music and wrestling, it's they'd be different avenues. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like people literally have songs called like Ric Flair, and Ric Flair can't do anything about it. Yeah. And not not Offset. I know he's cool with Offset. Killer Mike has a, has a song called Ric Flair. Are you Killer Mike? Is that is that your alter ego? I like Killer Mike. I like Killer Mike too. I'm Mike, whose favorite tag team is the Killer Bees. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not at all. Main event. 
singles match to crown the inaugural AEW World Champion. Hangman Page, who did some cowboy shit. He entered on a horse. Um, taking on Chris Jericho, who is a horse. He, he, will, he will, will be responded to as Road Warrior Jericho. <laughs> he did have a lot of spikes. He did. Um, and this is another match you enjoyed a lot more than me, but also this match started at like 11.30, and my brain was just like completely dead at this point. I was hungry. I was just ready for this match to be over. And that's not even like me hating the match. I thought it was a fine match, but... I've been watching wrestling since 12.30 p.m., and it was now 11.30 p.m., almost 12 full, full hours of watching wrestling. I was, I was tanked by that point, so um, it was a fun little match. I loved uh, Jericho countering the shooting star off the apron into the code breaker. That was a fun spot. The shouting, I also loved him uh, countering the buckshot lariat into the code breaker. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of code breakers out of nowhere in this, in this bout. Um, he kicked out of the dead eye, uh, then eventually hit the Judas effect for the one, two, three, and he became the first ever AEW World Champion. And now, instead of telling you to apologize, we get to tell everyone else to apologize. Because I have been saying for months, I know you agreed with me, that the money is in the chase and that Hangman Page would not be the first AEW World Champion. Oh, it had to be Jericho. It would be Chris Jericho. And that's what they did. Um, I thought this match was good. Jericho looked very good. I thought he was hitting the triangle drop kick. And he looked, he looked, he looked like he was in shape. And I'm not saying he is not. He's just, he's just also a shape at this point. I knew you were gonna set that up somehow. But he he did great. I mean, his post match stuff was excellent. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the promo on the post show was great. Where do you think he goes? Do you think Paige gets a rematch or? Honestly. Just if wins and losses matter, Cody has to be next in line. Yeah, I mean he's he's beaten Dustin. He had the draw with Darby Allen. He beat Sean Spears. He's undefeated in singles competition. But the the first AEW World Title defense is in Philly. And I think that they do Omega Jericho three. I just don't know how they get there for that Philly show. And then Moxley comes back and costs Omega, and they resume that feud for uh, the fuck's name, Full Gear. I think that's what they do. But in terms of Full Gear, I could see it being Jericho and Cody. I don't think Cody would give himself his own title this early, so I think Jericho would end up retaining, even though I said earlier in the show I think he loses it. But I see. I think Jericho has it till May, and that's when they do Jericho and Omega. Is it? Is it? Well, I mean, they could go back to Jericho and Omega because Omega will end up getting fucked by Moxley. It's not like he will lose clean. So, like, it's going to be a TV world title match. I don't expect it to be. Although AEW has said that they don't like doing fuck finishes, so we'll see if they're true to that or... No, there's going to be the Cody finish now because they're trying to push everybody. So, I saw some people on Twitter say that from this match, they didn't think Adam Page was ready. What's your, what's your take on that? He was fucking ready five years ago. Think so? He looked great. I thought he looked fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how he's not ready. I mean, people... He's young, but it's the only thing... He's 20 years younger than Jericho. People just... Some That's people more of a testament to him, Jericho being old than him being young, though. Some people thought that he didn't shine in the moment. That the match wasn't really never really about him. Well, he wasn't winning. Yeah, but... I don't uh, know. Maybe it wasn't like... I, I kind of understand their point. But I, I think he's fine. My one critique of the match is if Jericho is a dastardly heel, why is he the one getting color and overcoming it? I that might have been hard way. No, it was, you see, you saw the ref pass in the blade. Well, I don't know if you saw it, but I, I saw it. I didn't see it. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. But okay. 
I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get. Oh, I know exactly when he passed them. Should pass them the blade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it was when they were on the outside. Yeah. Okay. I can I can think of it now. Hmm. I just don't know like why the heel would be the one overcoming the blood, but you know. I mean, Jericho and Cody. Revolution, pal. Jericho and Cody all know more about wrestling than I ever will, so who am I to question them? But what is your final grade on All Out? I think I'm going to go B minus. There was a lot of good in the show, but the Dark Order match didn't do anything for me. Cracker Barrel Clash just wasn't my thing. Yeah, it's not mine either. Um, Solid B. I think it's a B. Everything else was cool. Uh, the production issues take it down a tad. Like I said, if I was at the show in person, I probably would have enjoyed it more because I wouldn't have to deal with the production issues and all that. So I think a B- minus is a fair enough grade. Um, another thing is the show was very long. Uh, I wish it could have been, like, just 20 minutes shorter. But once again, I was also watching wrestling since 12.30 p.m. So as someone who, who wasn't watching it live, did you think it was too long? Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so it wasn't just me. Yep, 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 yep. So it was like 20 minutes shorter. I thought it would have been better. Like, I think it went like three and a half hours, which if it would have went like three hours and ten minutes, that would have been much better. But that's all out. It was a great show. That's all they seem to do is put on great shows. I yeah, know. I think I think it was better than Double or Nothing. I know you don't. but No, I still got, I still got Double or Nothing. I but. enjoyed the show a lot. But yeah, that's, that's all out. We will see what they do for the TNT debut. They will not have another show until the first TNT show. So they better come swinging. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So it's all out. That's it for us this week. Yeah, we got Kane fact of the week. No, we don't. <laughs> there will be a break from Kane fact of the week this week. Huh? Wish you had told me that before we started. Well, I was going to, but usually you usually don't plug it. Well, that's awkward. Yeah, well, I'm an awkward person. Well, then we'll tell you what everyone else is going on this week, and then we'll go home. That sound good to you? Sounds great to me. Cool. So there you have it. Um, after All Out, a few months later in October, AEW would start its weekly television series, Dynamite, uh, Wednesday nights on TNT. And they would start building to their next pay-per-view. And as of this recording, their most recent pay-per-view, AEW's Full Gear. Um, this pay-per-view, we had a better idea of the direction of the company, where everything was going, and was what the company was kind of going to be if that makes sense even though they're still very young they're still developing what they're going to be but so now you'll hear us talk about aew's full gear pay-per-view um the highlights of that include the rock and roll expresses run-in in the post-match between uh proud and powerful and the young bucks um the cody uh jericho match with the mjf swerve at the end i guess he i don't know if you really call it a swerve but everyone because everyone kind of saw it coming but i don't think anyone thought it would be this early and you'll hear our thoughts on them pulling the trigger at the time they did um and then the just ridiculous main event between john moxley and kenny omega and what we thought about the match and those type of matches in general um so yeah uh here are our thoughts on aew's all out right after you hear us talking about our friends at anchor so hopefully you enjoy so all elite wrestling's full gear took place last saturday at the royal farms arena in beautiful baltimore maryland 
Um, Beautiful Baltimore, Maryland. If you're in the right spots. Okay. Just like any city. That's true. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Every time I come to an AEW pay-per-view the Chris Jericho cruise. It's, it's, it's the next one. The Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Ranger at Sea Part 2. Part 2. This is the most Jericho thing ever. He's a little champion. So the buy-in. Brett Baker taking on B Priestley. I did not watch the buy-in because I did not watch the show until this morning, honestly. So tell me what I need to know about this match because I did not see it. It was a match. They're, they obviously have plans for Britt Baker. And knowing B, B Priestley won't exactly take a loss, they really need to fix that women's division. And they're trying. I give them that. Yeah, I'll give them credit. They, signed, seen... they signed Big Swole and, and uh, Mercedes Martinez. Who and Shanna. And Shanna. Mercedes Martinez can do a lot of things there. They can, she can help people get over because, like, Emmy Sakura is not really doing it for me right now. Yeah, you don't like the 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 gimmick. I it's just they could have so like they 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 they, uh, they book they're not book her they pre- I'm trying to think of the word here they show her help me out exposure no they promote her oh, thank you okay. I didn't the I, biggest word in wrestling I couldn't fucking think of it. They promote her as a much bigger legend than she is. Well, and she's a really big legend. Is if you watch Japanese women wrestling, the thing is though, but how many people in Aja Kong watching? and Awesome Kong both have wrestled for this promotion? She's nothing in compared to those two, in 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 the Japanese legends. And I think she's up there, dude. She, I think you need to go back and check your stardom history, bro. Stardom. But this was a match, and then this weird thing happened at the end of it. <laughs> this extremely weird thing happened at the end of it. There's eight million ways to die, and she's one. Yeah, uh, so Britt Baker hit the Rings of Saturn Mandible Claw. Also known as the Lockjaw. The Lockjaw. Great move, great name. Yes, but she's a dentist. I don't know if you knew that, but she is. I, I never heard that. And uh, I love... One thing I do got to say, I love her going through the mechanics of the mandible claw. Oh, like, dude, the promo she cut on pro- AW Dark the week before was fantastic. It might they might have been a show the same one. It was the one where she said, uh, she said the fuck word. And it was bleeped. I am. She might have been that one, but she was like going through all the like the biology of the yeah, mandible yeah. She's claw. like she's like, yeah. She's like I will dislocate your mandible. Yeah, which hurts like hell. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard the mandible claw does. But at the end, uh, Voodoo Brandy came out. Brandy Shango, as I like to call her now. Did you see that? Asked her what woman, uh, if she could sign any woman to AEW, and she picked Alexa Bliss. Yeah, big friends, I guess. Fans, I don't know. Weird. Oh, weird. just an interesting pick. It's an interesting I didn't pick. even say it was a bad pick. No, I, I mean an interesting pick. I mean, look, I'm an Alexa Bliss fan. She's very good at what she does. But this is an interesting pick. But uh, so Voodoo Brandy came out with. Uh, the welfare queen and uh, on uh, Glow, which is a fantastic show, and Kong laid out Priestley, and then they pulled out this Afghani pulwar hooked hooked knife. You want to say that in layman's terms for people who might not know what the fuck you're talking about? It, it, to uh, quote Twenty One Savage, it's a knife. It's 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 a knife. It's a hooked knife. That looks pretty fucking prehistoric, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it did look pretty prehistoric. It looks pretty goddamn Ottoman Empire, which is funny as shit. And she cut a piece of Brie Priestley's hair off, and I guess Brandy's a witch doctor now, <laughs> and uh, Kong ate it, so that's just fantastic. That sounds eventful. I don't know what, I don't know what Brandy's going on, but 
for Christ's sakes, go back to being a manager. Well, I think that's kind of what she's doing. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. So the show proper kicked off with lots of pyro, followed up by Proud and Powerful taking on the Young Bucks. So this match had some uh, great spots. The Bucks weren't really flying around as much as they usually do, which is which was nice to see for once. Yes, but I have a good and bad take on this match. Go ahead. The Bucks have to do months of this before I can get interested in them again. That's fair. That's, Does that make any sense? No, that's fair. Uh, I want to punch. I want to dick kick Ortiz for the fucking dolphin cell. See, everyone was pissed about the super kick cell. I was more offended by his gear. <laughs> the overalls with like the one sleeve broken. Yeah, that offended me. That's what that's what my former that's what my university wears on homecoming weekend. I swear to God, I'll show I, you. A no, picture. I I know I know exactly what you're talking. It bothers me there too. It's exactly. What I'm, not, it is. I'm not an overall guy. And uh, but the last Young Bucks match that really wowed me was years ago, because I've seen it all. It's the same thing every match, and it's good, but it's not. It doesn't stimulate me as some wrestling does. If that makes any sense. Yeah. The last Young Bucks I really am like, wow, it was a goddamn great fucking match. Was uh, the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers in the Cow Palace. Mm. Uh, I believe it was a G1 kickoff show in 2017. Close. It was 2018 and it was Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yes. Strong Style Evolved. It was one of those gimmicks. Whatever one was in the Cow Palace. Yeah. I think it was Strong Style Evolved, to be honest yeah, with you. It was one me. of those gimmicks. I think it was Strong Style Evolved. Are you eating one of my jawbreakers? I am. I accidentally, I got, I got a little drunk last week. I tried to bite one of those. That's not a good. Not like, I'm like, not like, hey, what would happen if I bit one of these? I just got put it in my mouth and just bit it. Yeah. And I need to go see Dr. Brit Breaker after that. But, uh. I think I have the dentist next week. I hate the dentist. We're the same dentist, I believe. I know. I don't hate my dentist. I just hate the dentist. My but, dentist is probably the best dentist. No, he's great, isn't he's he? He's great. He's the man. Uh, great, great gimmick. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. So the Young Bucks, I mean, they have to lay low and do real basic shit for a while before I can get interested in the more bang for your buck and the Melter Driver again. I'm sorry. How do you feel about them doing lots of J-O-Bs lately? Because it seems like that's all they've been it's doing not gonna hurt lately. Them. No, no, absolutely not. They've been probably the top on top of the tag team division, like the world's tag team division for the last five or so years. So, so shall we talk about the post-match? <laughs> Let's do it. So after the match, the fucking Rock and Roll Express emerge. And these guys are incredible. Like, I don't even know what else to say. God bless Ricky Morton. Yeah. He hits the Canadian Destroyer. Dude, that, that even looked shaky. Like, he yeah. stalled at the top well, of it. Well, yeah, he didn't get all the way over. Yeah. He didn't get all the way over. And, then and it, was a, it was a Young Bucks-assisted uh, yeah. Destroyer, too. They helped him out a little bit. Yeah. And then he hits the fucking ropes and dives to the outside. Yeah. It's nuts. What a fucking madman. That's nuts. If I'm doing that in my mid-60s, dude. I'm not even doing that in my early twenties. The fuck? I never. I didn't do that in my early. I didn't do that in my early twenties. I didn't do that in my late teens. Yeah. Last well, the close thing I did that was I used to do running sidekicks when I used to break uh, concrete slabs when I took karate. I'd pay to see that. Bro, bro's power breaker. I bet you were. I lost all my form though. So up next is Hangman Page taking on Pack, and these two just wrestled again tonight on Dynamite. And I'm, I like this, but I thought, the, I thought the match I had tonight was better. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Um, see, I thought the match tonight was good because it built on all of their previous matches. They teased the low blow finish. They teased the buckshot Larry. It was also finish, a like, bit shorter. They, yeah. Like, just all these 18, 20, 25-minute matches, they kill you. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think 12 minutes is an ideal time for a wrestling match. For a mid-card wrestling yes. match. Main events going 12 minutes isn't 
really good. Unless... Unless it's Brock. <coughs> yeah, unless it's Brock. But, like, I, I think... I think 8 to 12 minutes for, like, an opener to mid-card match and, like, 18 to 20, 18 to, really 18 to 60 for a main event, depending on who's in the match, what type of match it is. Yeah, 18 to 60. You can go 60. Certain people can, yeah. But I just, it was good. It was a wrestling match. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but like I said, the match tonight on match tonight on Dynamite was much better. I don't know, like I'm trying. I like Hangman Page as a wrestler, but I just and I think it's more of a problem with me than it is a problem with them. But maybe other people feel like this. I just can't get into the let's do some cowboy shit character. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I need more character development from Hangman Page than him getting on the house mic and saying I'm gonna go do some cowboy shit. Yeah. But that could just be a me problem and not a them problem. I don't know. Oh, my God. They fucking love it. Well, certain percentage of AEW's fan base, like, who's the worst wrestler on earth you could think of? Jake Hager. That's not employed there. That's not employed there? Yeah. I don't know. They have a couple of them. Just Uh, give me a shitty wrestler from, like, the 90s. IRS. Fucking IRS could walk out in the middle of the AEW ring and take a shit. And those fans would lose their mind. They pop for Virgil. Yeah. I'll pop for Virgil. I can't really say that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like, if you've got a passionate crowd like that, that's fa- fucking fantastic. But, I don't know. There's just something missing for Hamman Page for me. He needed to get this win, but then he lost tonight on Dynamite. So, like, I really don't know what they're doing. Um, up next, it's your favorite. Sean Spears taking on Joey Janela. Oh. This match was kind of... Just I never to, wanted Joey Janela to win a wrestling match so bad. But the whole point of this match was to get Sean Spears over. There was Guess what? Didn't work. There were two things I loved in this match. The first was something that I haven't seen since like the late 80s, and I loved it. Um, Sean Spears used the tag rope as a weapon. Uh, so Janela was in the corner. Sean Spears mounted him. He tied his long hair into the tag rope, and then he started wailing on him. That was awesome. Fair enough. And then the spike pile driver with Tully and Sean Spears was also great. But yeah, um, this match was pretty much, I don't want to say filler, but the goal of the match was to get Sean Spears over. And I don't want to say it didn't work, but it kind of didn't work. At least to me, he's still not over with me. No, he'll never be over with me. Well, then we're the wrong audience. Unless, he takes, out, unless he takes out Hager and they both die. I just, I won't, I, they won't be Jesus over with me. Jesus Christ. Like, I can understand hating a wrestler, but death. That's I mean, I couldn't think of anything else to say. I don't actually want Jake Hager and uh, Ty to die. <laughs> Ty die? Ty die. So, yeah, that was a match. Up next, a match that is another really polarizing one. I've seen a lot of people say this match did nothing for them. I've seen a lot of people say they really enjoy this one. It's Private Party versus the Lucha Brothers versus SCU. What side of the fence do you fall on? Neither. So what did you think of the match? I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I thought specifically they made, this match was made to make two people in particular look great. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, three people in particular look great out of the six people in the match. One from each team, amazingly. I will say, fucking uh, Ray Phoenix might be one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. He's, dude, he's he's guy, he looked great in this match. Yeah. Uh, Scorpio Sky looked incredible in this match. More on him later. Uh... Mark Quinn is the most absurd athlete I've seen in a long time wrestle. 
He's one of the few. He's one of the few that are just top top tier athletes. Who would win in a combine, Mark Quinn or Montez Ford? I know people hate when they compare the street privates and private party, which is not what I'm doing. I'm just comparing the two as athletes because Montez Ford might be the best athlete in WWE. Yeah, I, I think it'd be close. Mark Quinn is just. I they think, could both jump out of the gym. He just does absurd things. Yeah. That's that's about it. I mean, I like this match. This, the finish came with the roll up. That's been that's been the SCU special lately. That's how they've stop. won all their matches. Yeah. Including tonight when Scorpio Sky pinned Chris Jericho, which further proves my point. I said it weeks ago. I said it the show after Daniels got attacked. They are making Scorpio Sky a star, and I think I'm proving myself right. Well, should we talk about the post match here? I think that's the big story. So there were two pentas. What's zero times zero? It's still zero. So there's still zero Miero. Boo. But there's two pentas. And then one Penta laid out Penta, other Penta. Which and really made real Penta look like an idiot. Yeah, because, like, of course it wasn't actually. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if Penta's the one with the tattoos you, or without the tattoos. Are you me? Is Penta the one that's 260? <laughs> or is Penta the, the, the vanilla midget? <laughs> well. I'm not really calling Christopher Daniels a vanilla midget, but. I don't think the real Penta's 260 either. No, he's a giant. I don't think he's 260, though. He might be. I don't think he is. Fucking, their combined weight is less than 400 pounds. Their, their combined weight is, like, three. And Ray Phoenix is not more than 120, so. Stop it. Marco Stone's, like, well, he's, like, 98 pounds. Whatever. I, I, Pentagon is not 240. I will tell you that much. But, and, uh, so Daniels came back with, with Fallen Angel face paint. Yeah, but that kind of went nowhere tonight. Yeah. He was just back to SCU Daniels tonight. It was a one, it was a one-off, I guess. But what do you think of that? Would you like to see the Fallen Angel in that company? I would. It's a shame that he said uh, he said multiple times that the character went away because a lot of people in TNA were uncomfortable with the religious overtones. So if they have a roster that's like comfortable with that, because I know that could kind of get like you know a little dark and a little uncomfortable well, for people, a little uh, satanisty. But if AW is going to be the quote unquote edgy company for the adults, I'd love to see the Fallen Angel make a return. But I think that would almost require him to turn on SCU. You know what I mean? Because I don't think you could have the Fallen Angel just hang out with Kaz and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, like you. So I'd like to see it down the road. Is maybe like if he turns on them Kaz. Or the, the Kaz is the least gimmick wrestler on the planet. He's like, well, actually, that's Chris Can- Chris Candido. His nickname was literally "No Gimmicks Needed." I don't think you get any less gimmick than that. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Uh, my main takeaway is as much as I love the Lucha Bros as a as a tag team. I'd love to see them both get singles runs in AEW because they are fantastic. fantastic. Like, they, they wrestled might... each other. We saw them wrestle yeah, each other. Yeah, we did. We did it. And they were really great. Super Show. They might both be top 20 wrestlers on the planet right now. They might be. And, like, I'd love to see what they could do against some of the guys in the AEW singles division. But fun match. I fell on the side of the fence that enjoyed it. I knew what I was going to get. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's not going to be... It's not going to be... It's not going to be the fucking... Revival versus DIY, you're not gonna get that great psychology. Yeah, it's instead of no flips, just fists. It's all flips, no fists, yeah, which fine. is fine. You know, the style those guys wrestle. Yeah. So, Riho versus Emi Sakura. I have no comment. Riho does absolutely nothing for me. I like Riho, but this was a match. I will say, I really hate the fucking Del Rio foot stomp spot because it it makes your opponent look fucking stupid. Yeah. Um. I don't mind Riho. I think 
they tried telling a story like teacher versus mat uh, teacher versus student. I almost said teacher versus master, which makes no sense. I guess she mastered the class, so maybe teacher versus master doesn't make sense. But they tried playing the teacher versus student story, but I don't think they built that up enough, up enough on TV. Like they, I know they've mentioned it that Emmy Sakura had trained her, but I really don't think they played it up enough for anyone to care. But you know, the in ring work was solid. It's not like they went out there and had a stinker. It was no. just a match. Speaking of stinkers, you know who did have a stinker in the show? What? Good old Jr. Yeah, I know you want to talk about this. I'll let you. The floor is yours. I don't want to talk about anything more than he was very bad. Time to hang it up, kid. Yeah, but I see why he's there. He's there no, because yeah. when you're flipping through the channels and you hear good old JR, you're like, that's my child. And, it and helps Shivani. Him, and it helps him, too. Yeah, because it's not like his he's life lonely. is... He's lonely. He's, uh, he suffered an incredible tragedy a few years ago. Yeah, I couldn't imagine dealing with all that. Plus, plus all of the issues he's already been through in his life. So, but, uh, He's still a legend. Luckily, he's in talent relations, so if he, he has to get off the mic, he could and still be around. So up next, another match that has a lot of people uh, split down the middle on how they felt about it. I've changed my position four times in this match. Chris Jericho takes on Cody for the AEW World Championship, where if Cody loses, he will never be able to challenge for the AEW World title again. Um, I actually, I like this match. I, I like the match. thought the build was better. Oh yeah, well the build was the build was A plus 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 plus. I thought this was the best built feud in any company all year. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But it's every Cody match. You know, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a good story. You're not gonna get fucking four fifty splashes and phoenix splashes and dragon ranas. Falcon arrows. Well, Cody might pull out a falcon arrow. I could see that. But you're gonna get a great story, and I thought this one told that um yeah it was it was pretty clean other than the insane suicide dive on the ramp yeah oh i should ask you what did you think of the the ramp extending all the way to the ring it's an old wcw deal which cody has a hard on yeah for. cody's a nerd for like 1992 jim crocker promotions as we saw with uh they announced the i forget the exact terminology of it but they're basically doing battle bowl come right down to the winner getting a ring which yeah. was which was an original battle bowl deal so cody loves his old 90s nostalgia they clearly set up a War Games match down the line of the Inner Circle, but they can't call it War Games because WWE owns it, so it's going to be the match beyond. Yeah. So, which, a lot of that stuff was Dusty's creation, so I, I see Cody's fascination with it. Yeah. It's literally... He was, he was there when it was happening. It's literally in his blood. In his most, in the most, in his most impressionable time as a wrestling fan. Uh, it was all part of him, so that's fine with me. But I don't think Cody planned on splitting himself open as bad as he did. Or splitting no, himself had, open. I don't think he planned on splitting himself had, open at he all. He hit something hard. Well, he hit the fucking diamond plate hard. That's what yeah. he hit hard. Um, he was going for a tope, and he ate nothing but steel. And he was bleeding pretty bad. I know a lot of people were thinking, like, holy shit, is the match going to be able to keep going? Because he was gushing for a little bit. Yeah, he was leaking. But... Other highlights of this match included uh, Cody's mama slapping the shit out of Jericho and telling him fuck you, which was really funny, actually. Um, and let's get into the finish and the turn. So he's got him in a lion tamer. This was not a Walls of Jericho. This is a full-blown lion tamer. Much deadlier. And Cody did not tap out as much pain as he was in. MJF threw in the towel. So then uh, after the match, Jericho celebrates and he gets out of there. Uh, MJF helps Cody up to his feet, and then he takes him to Dick Kick City, and we got a turn. 
Your thoughts? A little hot shot it, but it was well done. Yeah. Um, I know when I said... People are calling it the greatest turn of all time, which is not true. I said that it was rushed, and people have said, well, it's been built up since January on being the elite. Well, I don't watch being the elite. So how am I supposed to know that? No, it, it has. Because... I, know, I know it has, but like... Yeah, no, yeah, just do it on TV, man. Just, it's not that hard. But MJF is such a good heel, as we were able to tell yeah, tonight. It doesn't matter. He, they, he they'll, be able to, tonight, so. they'll be able to pull it off. And so now the other hot debate. Dude that threw the beer at MJF. Plants or a real fan? Plants. Absolutely, dude. It did was, you see? Did you see? I watched it over and over again. Did you see how much beer got on him? And They've like, been experienced with throwing beer before. And they had cameras on them immediately. And just a perfect scenario. Like, MJF stops right at that exact moment. Yeah. Right at a perfect straight line. And he turns the opposite direction. He didn't freak out. No. It, it, they were playing some more power too. That was great. No, it was... I'm not saying them being plants doesn't take away from no. it being awesome. That's going to be a clip that's going to be played for years and years and years. Yeah, I watched it a hundred times. Yeah, it's great. Just exactly how much beer got on him is amazing. So now, the actual main event... Another one that has the internet split in two. It's beautiful chaos. You know, that's beautiful chaos. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a lights-out match, unsanctioned. I'll start out by saying I don't like these type of matches. So, personally, I didn't enjoy it. But at the same time, I could still appreciate... The fact that these guys sacrificed their fucking bodies for our entertainment. I can appreciate and that much. I respect it. But I'll probably never watch this match again just because it's not really my thing. It's probably... I think, I think it was even bad for the people whose things it is. It's probably... This, it's probably the most violent mainstream wrestling match since, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. Can I say a couple words about this match? We can wrap it up in three minutes or less. That's why we're here. Yeah, sure. Fuck this match. Really? So you're... I hate... Goddamn disgrace to professional wrestling is what it is. See, I hate the people like that, dude. Wrestling's a variety show. It is, but there's limits of the variety. Like, broken glass, there's nothing more non-professional than broken fucking glass. Or two by four. Would you feel differently if it was worked broken glass? No. You just... I just don't like the spot. Think it's Bush League? Most track, the most track spot was Bush League. Whatever the fuck they jumped into was Bush League. I mean, I, God forbid. God bless them for going through that. But it was just all, just didn't, wasn't my thing. The one nitpick I have on the actual match as a wrestling match, I thought the ending was a bit anticlimactic. After what they did to each other for the past 25, 30 minutes, it just ended with a paradigm shift on an exposed wooden board. The build-up build uh, for the uh, paradigm shift was good, though. Yeah. Cutting everything, yep. one thing. It's not like a smash on the show by quite a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the official time on it? I don't have 38, that. 38.45. So almost 40 minutes. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, this wasn't my thing, but if you enjoyed it, more power to you. I'm not going to be the guy that says, this is it. I'm not, I'm not mocking you, but I don't agree with you. But the people are like, like I know P, PWI was like up in arms about this match, calling, saying it was three steps backwards for the professional wrestling industry. Like yeah, that's, that's baloney, dude. Like, come on. It's not because nobody cares, but it's but just, no, like if this is just if it. this was just a random match. Both of these guys are better than that. But if you're gonna do this, this is the type of match to do it for. It's been a blood feud since May. It's not like these guys just started feuding last week and they said, "Oh, let's kill each other." That's true. It's been built up since fucking double or nothing. So while it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, I could appreciate it for what it was. 
and let's get let's give a final grade. Talk about shaving your balls, and we'll get the hell out of here. B. Go B plus. I still think, I still think Double or Nothing was their best show, and I gave that an A minus. Yeah, that show was great. So I have to give uh, Full Gear B plus. They're probably their second best show. I like this more than All Out. Like this more than Fighter Fest, and obviously more than more than Fight for the Fallen, which we've ranted about. Yeah, very bad pay per view. Oh, oh! By the way, I was in your favorite arena on Saturday. PPG Paints. Yeah, you love that place. I do. Stream Rules 2018, baby. Best rant you ever went on. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? I, yeah. was, I, I, I lost my fastball, though. I don't have it since then. You got to get it back. We need, we need that energy. But yeah, I tore apart that Pittsburgh crowd. If you want to have energy, your balls need to be smelling fresh. That was probably an awful transition because it was, I don't know but how we'll make it work. All right, so manscaped.com. Great products for your nether regions and your face. I'm currently feeling the, the area that my the lawnmower 2.0 shave for me now. Yeah. Well, Jesus, I don't need to know that. You can't see it? I don't look below your waist. That's, that's fair. But It's also hard to look below your waist. There's a big obstruction blocking it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, my cock. Jesus Christ, no. But, uh... All these products that Manscaped have are just incredible. I have the... On the go, on the go, uh, body wash and shampoo. Yeah, which I, is used fantastic. It, I used it this weekend finally. Yo. Which is fantastic. Good shit. Uh, the ball deodorant, which doesn't leave me. The ball wipes, which also doesn't leave me. I need to actually replenish on those. Uh, the I have to get new razors, the razor things for the plow. The plow, which is the closest shave you'll ever get. Took me a minute to learn how to shave with it because it's, it's a straight razor. Oh, it's old school. One. It's old yeah. school. Yeah. Did you use it yet? I have not built up the courage to use it yet. I cut myself several times doing it. I have it. not built up the courage to use it yet. But it is, I, I finally had the touchdown, and it is the best shave I've ever gotten in my life. I believe it. And the Priest of Resistance, the Lanmore 2.0. Le Champion. Uh, this thing shaves your fucking taint, and your balls, and your jungle bridge, and your... Jungle bridge? I haven't heard that one in a while. Your fupa. Better than anything else in the world. Oh, your happy trail. I was smooth as a wee baby's bottom when I left there. So, to get all of this stuff and more, you're going to go to www.manscaped.com. Use promo code TURNBUCKLE, and that will save you 20% off and give you free shipping. Once again, that's www.manscaped.com. Promo code TURNBUCKLE, 20% off free shipping. Your balls will thank you. And we want to thank you for tuning in this week to this Expedited? No, expedited is when you get it. Kangaroo? Kangaroo. I don't know. I don't know either. This different late edition of Champions Advantage. Next week for you, we will have a Survivor Series preview. It's that time of year already. Oh, God. I can't believe it. And we will talk about today's Some more AW stuff. AEW and NXT once we give both shows a fair watch. So, we hope you enjoyed. Until next week, just take care. And spike your hair. Woo, woo, woo. You know it, bro. Make sure you follow everybody in Turbuckle Topics Network. Do that, too. Shit. TT underscore for you for the whole network. Us, champions, at champions pod. At uh, Ron underscore musto underscore junior. At Linz Bionist on the rundown. At acute underscore junior on top of the rope wrestling. And at Bearded Chris P. And at Bearded Chris P. There you go. The number rootinest, tootinest impact man in the west who is currently on jury duty so have fun Chris <laughs> and we will see you next week good catch there because I would have completely forgot I gotta go home get to bed go to work you gotta get to bed to go to work and uh 
Work, 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 like Rihanna featuring Drake. Like the Montreal Screwjob. Stop it. So that's going to do it for this best of episode of Champions Advantage. Uh, we just want to thank our sponsors, Anchor. Um, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you're already a podcaster, got to use Anchor. They're the best. Uh, go to www.anchor.fm. We want to thank Pro-Am Belts. Um, under the circumstances, we obviously didn't get them a proper ad read this week. But what you're going to want to do is go to www.proambelts.com. Use promo code TBT15OFF for 15% off your custom championship belt. And, of course, our friends over at Manscaped, you're going to use promo code TURNBUCKLE on www.manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. We appreciate all of our sponsors and the support they give us. And I also want to... Give a shout-out to the rest of the Turnbuckle Topics family. Um, Monday's Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio with our boy Gil out there in Baltimore. Um, even though his Ravens recently eviscerated my Rams, I'll forgive him for it. Um, so you're going to follow him at Kuda underscore junior. Tuesdays, of course, it's us at Champions Pod. Um, Wednesday is the Bearded Wrestling Podcast with Chris Panero at Bearded Chris P., and Thursdays, the rundown with Ron and Linz at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior and at LinzBeHonestX, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'll re-record this segment. So if I'm wrong, you won't know I'm wrong. But unfortunately, she lost her Twitter on some bullshit, so she had to make a new one. And of course, follow the whole network at TT underscore for you. Once again, circumstances that this had to be a best of episode sucks. By the time I'm done working, I'll have nearly 80 hours, like a double work week. So when I get that paycheck, I'm going to spend some money on some stupid shit because I deserve to spoil myself after working my ass off this week. But we'll be back next week. Top 10 favorite TLC matches ever. Um, Until then, thanks for all the support. We appreciate it. Um, And yeah, see you next week.